Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Cheesing it today, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, boy. I love seeing that, that beautiful, radiant smile. <laughs> it's like an umbrella for me mm-hmm. from the rainstorms of the world. Do you know that, that we have uh, been together almost 10 years now? Oh my goodness, you're right. It's July. It's July. We've been together 10 and 10 and a decade. July of love. Is, is when we first smooched. It's when we first smooched. You I moved remember. here. You, you moved here. I moved here. We were watching C SPAN. I know. And we, <laughs> it was a very sexy episode of C SPAN. And they were about to pass the big bill, and you looked at me and you were like, French me hard. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? And I did. I did. And you're yeah. like, that was the best French I ever did get. And mm-hmm. I said, I thank you. That's really nice. I haven't, fr- I, it's been a while for me. And then you're like, do you want a French again tomorrow and for the rest of our lives? Yeah. And you said just once a day. And sure enough, <laughs> once a day we French. 3,650 times we Frenched by my math. And I remember every single one. <laughs> It was August 22nd, <laughs> okay. 2017. Okay. Do you have any small it wonders? It was balmy outside. <laughs> you have any small, small wonders? Small wonders? Gosh, I don't know, man. I did the mole as a big wonder like two weeks ago, but I've been dreaming about the mole. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my mole dreams. Mole dreams. For like three nights in a row now, I've had mole dreams. Uh-huh. And it's in some of them, I'm just shooting the shit with, with Andy Coop. And in some of them, I'm like strategizing with the other players, going through our notebooks, talking about who we think the mole is. And then in some of them, I'm running around like a like a, a small Italian like mountain town, looking yeah. for people to like let me wash my clothes in their laundry rooms. Yeah, tr- trying to get twenty thousand dollars, but fucking Jeffrey's there and he's I think sabotaging it on purpose these are the dreams I've been having we talked with our friend over the weekend who had also watched the mole and we all related how we learned how to pour a glass of wine from Andy Cohen or not Andy Cohen from Anderson Cooper yeah uh in a particular episode of The Mole, and it was amazing that all of us kind of retained that information. Because deli- I, I really like episode. that is definitely true. Like I was like, oh, you turn the bottle at the end. Yeah, it's a fucking great show. Yeah. Wow, it's a good show. Do you have any small wonders? Um, we haven't talked about, but the new season of I Think You Should Leave is is on oh Netflix. My God Almighty, and it is just everything you'd want it to be it's so fucking funny it's unreal it's just unreal and and like you will see people referencing it already because there are so many just like totally bizarre i'm sure everybody's seen references to dan flashes but like that that sketch yeah is it has contributed so much to our (laughs) cultural landscape is that the complicated shirt one that's the one with the complicated shirts this shirt's got a pattern so complicated it costs a thousand (laughs) dollars Man, it's a good sketch. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. Um, You go first this week. I do. All right. What do you got? So you uh, have talked about amusement parks. True. uh, Which was a really bold choice because- I really (laughs) wasted a lot of good (laughs) topics. You made it difficult to really 
talk about that without overlapping. But that was an early episode. Like we've been, it's been long enough now. Yeah. I mean, we're nearing, we're, we are clo- approaching 200. Yeah. I think at this point we can start getting a little more Well, granular. so I decided to talk about a particular ride at a particular park. Okay, okay. Uh, that I don't think you'll be familiar with. Okay. Because um, you have never been to the Pride of the Ozarks, Silver Dollar City. I've never been to Silver Dollar City, yeah. no. Uh, and to be honest, like, uh, I have not been in like 20 years. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I did a little research to make sure it is relatively the same park, um, because the whole thing with Silver Dollar City is that it is like 1880s themed. Wait, is Silver Dollar City an amusement park? Yes. Oh, it's not a city? No. I always thought Silver Dollar really? City was a city. Yeah. Well, Ozark. apparently there was an episode of the Beverly Hillbillies where they like visited Silver Dollar City and okay. it was an actual city. So maybe that's what you're thinking. Maybe. Of. Yeah. You, you know, big... I'm a huge fan of that show. <laughs> big Clampett fan. Yeah. Um, Silver Dollar City is like three and a half hours south of where I grew up. Okay. Uh, so when I was little, um, and we did not have the means to, uh, afford a, like a fancy vacation, we used to get in the car and drive down South and we'd rent like a cabin and go to Silver Dollar City for a few days. Awesome. Uh, and now it's, it's a, it's a hundred acre park. It has 40 rides. It's Damn like a, Silver Dollar City. It's like, a, it's like a big place. It's a park park. Um, the ride I want to talk about is Fire in the Hole. Sounds good so far. Um, but I, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Silver Dollar City first. Please, okay. yeah. Uh, so it is built around a cave. Uh, there is a cave there called Marvel Cave uh, that was originally called <laughs> I love this. It's originally called Marble Cave because they saw all the limestone and thought it was marble, and then realized it wasn't marble, and then quickly pivoted. Tried to, to play it off. Marble Cave. No, we didn't say marble. <laughs> No, 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 no. You misheard us. Of course that's limestone. Uh, so this was, this cave was open for tours uh, in 1894 uh, and just kind of was like a tourist attraction because it was a cave for a long time. And but then, then somebody was like, you know what this cave could use? A roller coaster outside of it. <laughs> so I didn't realize that, that um, and this is just because I haven't been in a long time, but the the amusement park is built basically on top of the cave. Okay. So, like, you can go to the cave and hang out and visit the cave, and then the next day you can, like, go up above ground and, like, hit the amusement park. It must be pretty scary for all the bats that live in there. Well, that's, Always that's what like, I didn't realize. Chunk, chunk, so, chunk, chunk. no marble in the cave, but what they did is they mined bat guano yeah. from the cave. Yeah, cool. What has, do you mean? Has It has lots of nitrogen, apparently. No, yeah, I know, but, like... D- does one mine bat guano? I guess so. I guess you get You don't just scoop you, it up? You, you dig her up. I don't know. I'm not a caving expert. Okay. But but I I the way I imagine it it's it's just like kind of a seven dwarf situation where people go down with oh, their Oh, that's good. Their their pickaxes yeah, trying to get poop and they just scrape away. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen Ace Ventura and, and when the bats calls like we know what the bats are like, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. And they'll be like, oh, we got more poop. Yeah. Coming. They'll be like, maybe boost that roughage intake because we're not hitting our quota. Boss man's pretty PO'd. Okay. So then in 1946, this family from Chicago, the Hershens, uh, vacationed in the Ozarks, saw the cave. At that point, the cave's owners were getting ready to retire. And the Hershens said, well, We'll take it. Okay. And they offered the Hershens a 99-year lease on Marvel Cave. Uh, And then uh, 
they they kind of flipped it. They turned it into like a more profitable business. Uh, and then it, in the 1960s, they opened Silver Dollar City. Okay. Uh, and it was the promotional idea was that the visitors would get silver dollars as change. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, so they, it wasn't an amusement park at first. At first it was just kind of like a little restoration village, like 1880s. It was like a blacksmith shop and an ice cream shop and a general store. And it was just like a little, like, come visit this, right. this town. Okay. And the idea was that when you paid for something, you would get change in silver dollars. But what if your change was like... 81 cents. Well, then I think you would just get 81 cents. But then if you showed up and you're like, let me get this um, mug that says Jennifer on it and then <laughs> says like a Bible verse about Jennifer. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, that is $2. And you're like, I only have 100 And you slide them a hundo. And then they're like, okay, here's $98. <laughs> That's the sound of many People coins. had to like be carried out because mm-hmm. they couldn't. Withstand the weight of all their silver dollars. What would a Bible verse about Jennifer be, by the way? (laughs) Oh, I mean, it would be like, you know, she. it would be something from Song of Psalms. One of the Mm -hmm. tamer Song of Psalms. Not Mm -hmm. the one that's like her, those yabos are like two big coconuts, (laughs) right, boys? I believe that's Song of Psalms 6-1. There's a lot of I don't know. You're I was not a thinking big it was Bible something more reader, like, but. oh, ye, Jennifer. No, uh, I don't think gentle she, hands. Gentle hands, Jennifer. Oh, ye, Jennifer, with the gentle hands. <laughs> Be cautious. Yeah. With the thorns of of <laughs> roses. John three sixteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So tell me about this ride. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this ride, Fire in the Hole, uh, was the uh, first indoor roller coaster, like before even Space Mountain. Okay. Yeah. It debuted in 1972. Okay. Is this a ride you've gone on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like it's still there. Like it opened in 1972, still running, still same. Like it's kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, like same like animatronic situation. Oh, so yeah, so that's the thing. So <laughs> uh, inexplicably, so they decided they wanted to build a indoor roller coaster, and uh, they kept it kind of in house. So it's a little unusual for roller coasters to be built like locally like a lot of times they will bring in outside teams to do it then another example of an in-house roller coaster is the beast at king's island the beast yeah it's not indoors no like in-house oh like they built it themselves jesus christ i yeah. was thinking about in a house like in, you were talking about in a house <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Whoa. in my defense. <laughs> Whoa, here's the kitchen. You were talking about an indoor roller coaster, and then you started talking about in-house, I and then know. I was like, the beast isn't in somebody's house? <laughs> what a big house that would have to be. We're going to the bathroom. Whoa. <laughs> hey, that would be a sick roller coaster. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, so Fire in the Hole is an indoor roller coaster. It's, it's kind of like half dark ride, half roller coaster, in that there is... Like, there are several drops. There's three drops. uh, But you are also going through the story. And the story they chose is when uh, the town burned down. Okay, cool. (laughs) 
there is a story about these vigilantes in the Ozarks called the Bal- the Bald Knobbers. The bald, uh, the bald knobbers. Bald knobbers. I like it already. Uh, there was a fire that a lot of people suggested was started by this group of vigilantes, um, but the ride depicts this fire. So you go through the town, and then everything catches on fire. Cool. And then at the very end, somebody yells "fire in the hole," and you go down the biggest drop. Okay. Of the thing. Uh, and so it has, it does, it has a very like Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. Right. Cause you were like watching this kind of disaster play out. Right. The final drop, I remember as a kid feeling like, oh my gosh, this is so much. It's 21 feet. So that's it's, pretty, I mean, that's a, that's a decent <laughs> drop. seem like a lot to me, but I also don't have real good spatial relations, I guess. That's true. Um, but yeah, you do this this huge tall drop into the water. Uh, oh, it's a flume a flumey situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're in like a coaster car, so it's like the water is not like it's not to get you like drenched. Drenched. It's right. just like it's kind of a a fire a misting. Right. When you get on the ride, you go through like a fire station, and then you're supposed to be like a volunteer firefighter. Do they blast you with heat? Do you get heat blasted? As a, I remember that being true, but I don't know if that's true. I always remember at King's Island, God, I can't even remember what it was, but there was like a Haunted Mansion style ride that at the very end, there was this huge haunted furnace that would like blast you with very uncomfortable amounts of heat. But (laughs) if you just did like a water ride and you were all soaked, you could ride it a couple times (laughs) and dry off. off. (laughs) Life hack there. Um. I will say there is a sister ride. Uh, this ride, this fire in the hole ride, um, the Hershens who bought the park also uh, did Dollywood. Okay. And so there is a sister ride at Dollywood called Blazing Fury. Okay. That is supposed to be very similar. I've been to Dollywood. I have not. Okay. Damn it. I wish we could compare notes. <laughs> um. But yeah, this was for me, like as a kid, I was always really scared of roller coasters. And mm-hmm. this was like one of the first roller coasters I ever went on. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of the narrative element of it was always really cool. And I, I watched a few ride throughs on YouTube and I got very nostalgic. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, just just like having that experience again. Because it really, I don't think I've been since I was like 10, maybe. Let's load the kids up in a big bus <laughs> and do a whistle stop tour of sort of off-brand Midwestern amusement parks. I watched a lot of videos, and there were people that said, behind Disney World and Universal Studios. Silver, it's Silver, Silver Dollar, Dollar City. City. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, also at Silver Dollar City, since it's 1880s themes, there's all these, like, little demonstrations, and so you can see, like, glass blowing, and there's, like, blacksmiths and people making brooms. Bloodletting. <laughs> Hey, speaking of silver dollars, you want to get some of them? Yeah. Steal you away. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be 
the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible! That's um the, for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Got a couple puppy dogs here, and the first one is for Mitchell, and it's from Olivia, who says, Mitchell, I'm so lucky to know someone as kind-hearted as you. Thank you for being so uniquely you and introducing me to so many awesome, wonderful things. I love you, and I can't wait to see where this year brings us and to start this journey in KC together. I hope this is sappy enough for you, you and me, honey bunch. KC, you would assume means Kansas City, but yes. actually they're starting a KC and JoJo cover band. Oh. Yeah, so like to start this journey in our KC and JoJo cover band. See, I thought it was Kentucky chicken. Um, Not necessarily Not fried. fried. This Kentucky chicken, <laughs> we boiled it. It's good though. Uh, can I read the next message? Yes. This is for Stevie and Linz. It is from Laura. Stevie and Linz, you are the best sister and sister-in-law I could hope for. Stevie, you have always been my role model, even when we annoy the crap out of each other. Linz, your search for beauty every day inspires me. I can't wait to come visit your new house. And Stevie, maybe you can play Nintendo for me and help me beat Zelda. I love you both. You got to get the sword and put in, you cut Ganondorf with it. Is a lot of people don't know that. Every Zelda game, that's the More or less, the climax. Zelda game ends when you put the sword in Ganondorf. And then he gives you the triangle. <laughs> he has a triangle that you need. Uh-huh. And the only way to get it from him is you put your sword on in him. This sounds like how I would describe it. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's irrefutable. <laughs> 
Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. Break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. (laughs) Okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as Libertarian Mario. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to to get to heaven, sometimes you gotta raise a little hell. Oh, that's the tagline! <laughs> Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's your thing? Seek potato. Well, sweet potato? Sweet potato? We've talked about sweet potato casserole. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Rounding 200, we're getting more granular. I want to talk about the tuber named sweet potato because if I had to eliminate all but like three kinds of produce from the world, sweet potato would Whoa, make the cut. I thought you were going to talk about your, like, favorite potato, but you're saying, like, produce, top top three. Yeah, sweet potato's really good. Oh. What did you think I was going to say? There are a lot of kinds of potatoes, and yeah. I thought you were going to be like, if I had to eliminate all the kinds of potatoes. No, no. I mean, sweet potato would make the cut, and... Regular old plain Jane potato would also probably make the cut. (laughs) You know when you go to the grocery store and there's regular potatoes? Don't make me choose. (laughs) Um, There's a ton of different kinds of sweet potatoes. I'm going to talk a lot about sweet potatoes here. We've been doing a lot of, well, we've been doing a lot of meal kit stuff and a lot of ordering food out since Gus was born. Uh, I cooked my first like meal. I made curry uh, like a few days ago, and that was the first thing I had cooked since Gus had been born. We've been doing a lot of carryout and a lot of uh, meal delivery stuff, and my sweet potato consumption has increased, I would say, dramatically during this period, and man, it's just instilled... It It hasn't instilled... (laughs) It has reinforced my love of the delightful orange old tuber that we call sweet potato. There's something about the way you say sweet potato that I find very pleasing. What's... Yeah. I don't know what it is. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll pay attention. This and is, I'll you're going to really enjoy this then. Uh, <laughs> there's, I've never had a bad sweet potato like experience, a bad sweet potato dining experience. Because you talk about sweet potato fries. Do you remember when America caught sweet potato fry f- yes. fever? Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you'd go to a restaurant and they would offer that as a side and you'd be like, ooh. ooh let's mix <laughs> it up. Uh, roast sweet potato in the autumn times with just some other like autumnal boys in there. Yeah, I love putting like a like a paprika on there paprika, and a garlic sweet potatoes and some some exciting squashes all <laughs> in the same shit. Oh uh-huh. man, that's good. Uh-huh. Uh whipped sweet potato with rosemary up in there. I think I will actually eat 100 pounds of that, please. One big thing that I've learned during these periods of having a baby and ordering food a lot is you make a sweet potato hash, you can put anything in that yeah sweet potato hash is a base that any protein or flavor you can have a sweet sweet potato dish you can have a salty sweet potato you can have a spicy sweet potato it is a crowd pleaser it's got a good contrast you know the whole like salt fat acid heat it does all of it except Uh acid (laughs) uh it's a distant 
distant relative of the potato. You would think sweet potato, that's like potato's brother. It's like his third cousin. Oh. Uh, because they are both part of the order uh, Solanales, but potatoes are in the nightshade family, which encompasses like, which encompasses a lot of stuff. Tomatoes, uh, peppers, uh, tobacco is in the nightshade family. Uh, sweet potatoes belong to another family that I can't pronounce the name of, but they have more in common with the flower morning glory than they do the potato. Uh, And in fact, sweet potatoes grow flowers above the ground on their vines that are quite lovely. They are just these sort of heart-shaped purple flowers that are very, very pretty. And in fact, some people grow decorative sweet potato plants, not to ever eat the sweet that sweet tuber below the ground, but to enjoy the purple flowers above the ground. Uh, And they call them uh, tuberous morning glory. Unfortunately, I thought it was going to be tubular morning glory, which would have been (laughs) way better, but tuberous morning glory. uh, They're really pretty. Did you guys ever have a vegetable garden? No. 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 (laughs) We had a Kroger's, and I guess they must have had a garden because they always had vegetables. Yeah, yeah I um, we had a little vegetable garden situation, but never, never grew any like root vegetables. Hmm. So I just, I didn't know the the purple flowers. We had a chia pet. <laughs> uh, so in North America we call them yams, but they are not. Uh, yams refers to a whole genus of edible tubers that I don't think sweet potato is part of. But there's like. Every country I've learned calls different things yams, but yams is a genus that sweet potato is not a part of. Genus, so. genus, and the edible tubers is my favorite indie band. That's yeah, mine too. <laughs> uh, they were first cultivated in either Central or South America between like the Yucatan Peninsula oh. and the uh, in Venezuela, the mouth of the Orinoco River. Oh. Uh, so if you're on that flow, watch some of those sweet <laughs> sweet tubers floating down uh, around five thousand years ago. Uh, and around the 13th century, they started to spread as oceanic travel became a thing that folks did. Uh, and over the next few centuries, they landed in Polynesia, the Philippines, China, Japan, Korea, and Europe. And they became staple foods in most of those places because outside of – they don't do well in cold weather. In like frost, they can't really stand up to. But they grow really fast and reliably, which is great. And like uh, they're a staple food, especially in Japan, because if their rice harvest was poor, they had sweet potatoes to fall back on. Yeah. Thanks, sweet potatoes. Uh, in 2019, planet Earth grew 92 million tons of sweet potatoes. And China grew most of those, over half of those. Man. Um, and I I've, I've saw a lot of talk about sweet potatoes recently. Recently, in these hot summer months, there's this <laughs> vegan chef named George Lee who went viral for this video where he showed a sort of common, refreshing summertime treat in Taiwan. And all it is is you take a, a big sweet potato, a long one preferably, and you bake the hell out of it until it starts to sort of like sweat out its sugars and get kind of like gooey and caramelly. And then you freeze it for a long time until it basically turns into like this creamy custardy kind of like sweet potato popsicle that's all it is sweet potato bake it freeze it eat it nothing else goes into the process yeah i want to do this so badly because it looks so dope Mm. it looks really good um and also you can use the vines in your aquarium because they <laughs> suck up fish produce a bunch of nasty toxins and stuff like that and the sweet potato vines love to eat that up and they grow really fast and they keep your aquarium clean sweet potatoes what can't they do man it is a perfect thing sweet potatoes there's nothing wrong with sweet potatoes 
Nothing. It's uh, hard to. They're kind of sweet. Oh, damn it, but they're not too sweet, are they? No, I mean, if you don't add like additional sugar, like sweet potato casserole is like a perfect food, also that like we've talked very, about on this show. Very before. sweet food. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, Silver Dollar City, it gets uh, it rains there sometimes. <laughs> How's that feel? Yeah. Well, sometimes the fire in the hole ride. I bet it breaks down sometimes. Yeah. How's that feel? Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that what this show is now? I'm sorry. It's just when you call something a perfect food, you yeah. know, I feel like, well, actually. Yeah, no, just, that is I a, can't help it. I'm sorry. Very, very toxic <laughs> facet of your personality. <laughs> and I'm glad the audience is finally getting to see it. Just say one nice thing about sweet potatoes. I like I like the skin. All right. Like you're, if you're making like a sweet potato fry, I like leaving the skin on. Get that right. crunch. You're back. You're back in my in my good book. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you, I think, by the way, I think I think I like when you say sweet potato because it reminds me of when Henry was a baby and it was like the only thing he would eat. And you used to go, you want some seat potato or seat potato? Seat potato. A seat potato is uh, <laughs> also a big chair that you can make out of these <laughs> incredible tubers. Great. Um, hey, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Yeah. Hey, Maximum Fun, if you're a fan of Maximum Fun and you're familiar with Bubble, that graphic novel is out along with the Adventure Zone graphic novel. It's a twofer. It's a it's a real uh, graphic time for the Max Fun family. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Check out Bubble. It's a, it's a, it is a, a fantastic and hilarious and uh, thrilling graphic novel yeah um and it would be also cool if you if you picked up crystal kingdom the latest adventure zone graphic yeah. novel that would also be cool of you we got a bunch of merch stuff at macroymerch.com that also i bet you'd be really into if you just gave it a chance for once in yeah, your life you can still get that wonderful shirt can't you yeah of course you can get that wonderful shirt um and you can get a bunch of other stuff too and um i would eat a sweet potato raw right now i didn't have much breakfast and I'm excited about the. Do we have any of those those orange beauties in the house? No. Damn it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, folks, I'm gonna go find a sweet potato <laughs> in the wild. Just just me, start digging some holes. Just start digging them and looking. Well, for, I think if you, well, now we know if you see a purple flower, there's probably sweet. There's, where a there's smoke. Under there's it. fire. <laughs> that's what that's what I always say. Thanks for listening. Till next time, sing those song, sing the goodbye song. Thank you for listening to our show today. We had a lot of laughs along the way. Everything is wonderful when you're with Rachel and Griffin. So sit right back and you'll hear a tale. <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and Culture
Artist owned, audience supported. Hey, I'm Jordan Morris, creator of the Max Fun scripted sci fi comedy podcast, Bubble. We just released a special episode of Bubble to celebrate the launch of our new graphic novel. At SF Sketchfest in 2019, we recorded a live show with Allison Becker, Eliza Skinner, Mike Mitchell, Christella Alonzo, and special guests Gene Gray, Jonathan Colton, Jesse Thorne, Nick Weiger, and a bunch of other cool folks. We suspect he'll show signs of mutation when in a state of excitement. Now, Annie matched with him on Tinder, so she's going to act as the honeypot. I do enjoy being called a honeypot. Hey, you know what's better than honey? Gravy. (gasps) Oh, yeah, can I be the gravy sack? Out now on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get podcasts. And pick up the graphic novel at your local bookstore today.